We're continuing just talking about this great salvation. And, you know, last week we, we kind of picked up on, uh, you know, Jesus. And Jesus is the central part to really everything that we believe as a Christian. You know, all salvation, all Christianity, all eternal life, that if Jesus is not the center of it, then it's just religion. And it's man just trying to do good works in order to, uh, to, to please himself or please God. But Jesus has to be the center of it. And uh, we talked a lot about salvation and all the wonderful things that come through salvation. We talked about eternal life. And we talked about that God, um, we're going to get into it today. But, you know, he didn't just save us just to bring us back to, to, to zero. He blessed us exceedingly abundantly. He didn't just take from us that we are going to hell. He didn't just save us from hell, but he delivered us into this eternal life. He didn't just take away things from us to, to save us. He added things in so that we could not just be saved, but we could enjoy all the things that he's given to us. Isn't that amazing that God in his, his wonderful plan, he doesn't, you know, if it was me, I'd be like, you know, look, you barely made it in. You know, we're going to give you what you want. We'll give you a little shack on the backside of glory. And you just better be thankful every day that you got into this thing because, you know, I put up with a lot. God said that, man, I'm, I'm not just going to take away all of the, the curse of the law, but I'm going to give you the blessing of Abraham. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless your finances. I'm going to bless your savings. I'm going to bless your relationships. I'm going to bless, you're going to be fertile. You're going to be reproducing. You know, you're going to be blessed to be a blessing because God is a blessing God. And who better to take to the world is to take a God that wants to bless somebody. See, God does not demand that a man go die for him on behalf of him as other religions do. God said, no, 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 I'm going to send you my son, Jesus Christ. He's going to die for you and for all men so that you can come to me. God is saying, let me do the hard part for you. Let me save you. Let me show you my grace. Let me deliver you and heal you. Let me arm you with everything that you need to walk out this earth. Because yes, we do have an enemy. Let me just say this, because this will help you. If Satan was powerless, Satan can't stop anybody from getting born again, or he would. Satan is powerless against your faith. It doesn't matter in where you are, what country you're in, how many chains you're wrapped in. You know, you could be in the middle of the most demonic seance the world has ever seen. You could be in the most godless, lifeless place, 10 stories underneath, pitch black dark, with no one around you, but if you call on the name of Jesus, the Bible says you'll be saved. So if Satan can't stop you from using your faith to get saved, he can't stop your faith and you using it today in the renewing of your mind, in the armor of God, in the living this life in abundance. If we use our faith, we have to believe God. See, absolutely, the minute I got saved, I got prospered. The minute I got saved, I got healed and delivered. The minute I got saved, I received all of the benefits that come in my salvation package. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not tempted. I still have to trust and believe God for all of his promises. That's why he gives us this wonderful thing called faith. He lets us use our faith. Anything that you receive from God, all the graces, everything that he's given to you, 
You have to take advantage of them by acknowledging them and using your faith and renewing your mind. See, a big problem of what we deal with is that even if we get saved, we don't change the way that we think. We don't do what Romans chapter 2, uh, chapter 12 tells us to do, and we stay conformed to this world, but we don't become transformed by the renewing of our mind. And well, Pastor Jack, how do you transform? How do you renew your mind? It's real simple. We have to take the Word of God. We have to find out the specific scriptures that apply to us. And I have to begin to use God's way of thinking to change the way that I think. See, if God tells me that I have to forgive, then I have to start renewing my mind that it's his will that I forgive. But he tells me why, because he says, Jack, if you don't forgive, then I can't forgive you. Oh, then it's important for me to forgive. Well, why can't I just live a life of, of, of sexual immorality? Doesn't God want me to have fun? God's just trying to control me. No, 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 God is the author of fun. God is the author of all these things. He wants you to enjoy your life, but he puts these beautiful boundaries there so that he can take those boundaries, not to keep you away from things, but that he can fill those boundaries with his abundance for you. See, you're gonna find fulfillment. You're gonna find restoration. You're gonna find joy in all the things about Jesus because he's given you this abundant life. Amen? Say abundant life with me. So why did Jesus come to the earth? Man, that's always the question. Why did, why did God have to go through all this you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, why didn't he just say, you know what, let's just do a do-over. Take out his big cosmic eraser, erase everything, and just start over. Well, God is bound by his word. God had created the earth. He created all the heavens, all the earth, the land, the sea, the animals, the birds, the stars. And I want you to notice in the first couple of chapters of Genesis, it is perfect. It is a perfect world, everything in perfect harmony, everything exactly where they're supposed to be. There's an abundance, there's a garden, there's trees, there's flowers, there's gold, all these things. I want you to notice that it's perfect. It's a snapshot of what was, look, what was going on in heaven. And all of a sudden what God does is he takes the keys and he gives them to Adam and Eve. And he gives us dominion over this earth. I think we make it about four verses, or really just about a chapter. And because of what the serpent did, he deceived Eve and Adam. They partake of, they did the one thing, the, the serpent attacked at the law. I want you to notice that the serpent didn't tell Eve to go kill Adam because there was no law against that. Where did Satan attack? Satan attacked at the point of the law. He said, did God really say that? And when he got them to get their eyes off of the goodness that they had and onto the things of the flesh, then he was able to trick them. They partook of the fruit. They were separated from God and this thing called sin. I want you to notice that from that point on, we've been dealing with the sin nature. And that's when all men died. We all died in the midst of that. We've all been born into that. Maybe we didn't commit that sin. Maybe we didn't eat that fruit, but we are all still partaking of the ramifications and the collateral damage of what happened when Adam and Eve did what they did. And so Jesus, why did Jesus have to come into the earth? Why couldn't God just start over? Because God was bound because of his word. Uh, he no longer owned the dirt that he used to create Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve committed high treason. They gave this dominion, they gave the earth to the devil. 
And so now the devil owned it. Well, how do you know the devil owned it, Jack? That's crazy. When Jesus was tempted, the, the enemy, the, the devil, when he was out in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, I want you to notice that the, the devil himself showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the earth. I mean, all the finances, the money, the fame, the glory, the power, everything. And the enemy said, if you'll just bow down to me, I'll give you all these things. Well, if they didn't belong to him, how could they give him to Jesus? So a lot of people struggle with that because they really believe and and I we get into, you know, I don't want to get into a deep philosophical, you know, is God sovereign? Absolutely, the sovereign God. God is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the he is the master of the universe. He is he is uh in charge in heaven and you know, he has set this whole thing in motion, but he's given you and I a free will. And so where I say that that God is not sovereign is that God is not in control of man's day-to-day -day operations. We're in control. He gave us a free will. Well, Pastor Jack, how do you know that? We'll look outside. If God was in control, then we would look just like we did in heaven. But because man is in control, that's why we live in this fallen world. That's why we live in such a broken world. That's why there's such depravity. That's why it's, it's so bad is because he did give it to us and this is what fallen man has done with it. That's why we needed a savior. He had to send Jesus into the earth to rescue us from the sins that Adam and Eve had committed. So he takes himself he sets himself in the guise of flesh. He's born unto a virgin. He's born. That's what we celebrate Christmas about. He comes into the earth for the sins of man. That blood, there had to be a sacrifice for what Adam and Eve did. Well, you'll say, well, Pastor Jack, why not just kill him as a baby? You know, he was a child. If that's all it was about, it was just some ritual, just kill Jesus as a baby. That's not it. Because what Adam and Eve did, they didn't do as babies. They did of their own free will. And so just as Adam and Eve of their own free will led us into eternal death, Jesus of his own free will had to lead us into eternal life. And so uh, it had to be that Jesus had to walk the earth. He had to be here long enough to, to complete what the book of Hebrews out of the Amplified calls the completed experience of the human experience. He became our high priest. He went to the cross of his own free will. I want you to notice that while every part of the crucifixion, you know, was just horrible and there's just no way that you could ever, there's nothing that a human could do that could ever put themselves under that type of pressure. But I want you to notice that the place of greatest suffering, while yes, on the cross was horrendous physically, it was when Jesus was in the garden alone. Jesus had an opportunity to let this cup pass from him. Well, how do you know that? Because he asked. Because he was like, God, you know, if it's thy will, if we could let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, Lord, not thy will, my will, but thy will be done. See, that's where the death had to take place. It was the death of the will. Everything Adam and Eve did, they did of their own free will, and everything that Jesus did, which the Bible calls the last Adam, he did of his own free will. He willingly came into the earth. He willingly got on the cross. He willingly took all the sins. I mean, you talk about somebody that was betrayed. He was betrayed by everybody. I mean, everybody he fed, everybody he healed. His closest disciples, Peter, turns his back on him right to his face. You know, we all know what Judas did. But yet, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus went to the cross. He endured the grave 
so that you and I could enjoy and have eternal life. So why did Jesus have to come into the earth? Let's look at John 10.10. 10. And this is a, um, a famous pa um, passages of scripture. But John 10.10, 10, it just sums it up so beautifully. It says, The thief does not come to except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So let me just tell you what that word abundantly means. When Jesus said that I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, abundantly means superabundance, it means excessive, it means overflowing, it means surplus, it means over and above, it means more than enough, it means profuse, it means extraordinary, it means above the ordinary or more than sufficient. Man, Jesus, listen to me. Notice the thief. Who's the thief? The thief is the enemy. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So if you're attributing stealing, killing, and, and those other things to God, we, we get them mixed up. See, we think, some people will think, well, no, God was going to kill you. You know, if you don't do what God says, God's going to kill you. Or God made me have that wreck to teach me something. No, no, no. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. A lot of times what we try and say, well, that just must have been God's will. You know, I made 25 bad investments and they all, you know, I went bankrupt. That must have been God's will. That's not God's will. That's not the abundant life. Had we actually asked God what he thought about that, he might have told you to do something differently. See, so what we like to do as humans is we like to live our life any way that we want to and then blame God when it doesn't work out. Because, well, you know, God's in charge and God's in control. And, you know, if he'd wanted me to do it, you know, it would have happened. That is religious muck. And that is not in the Bible. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It's not God's will for you to be a born-again, spirit-filled Christian living a life of lack, of need, of, of fear, of despair, of sorrow. No, no. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. These are not my words. These are his words. And so that's how I renew my mind. I want to constantly be reminding myself that the devil is the thief. And so if something's being stolen from you right now, it's not God's will. If he's trying to kill you, if he's trying to destroy you, that's not God. God is, does not teach us things through sickness, illness, and disease, and poverty, and lack. He teaches us to trust him, to take him at his word, to use his word, to use our faith just as an artist uses a brush or a mechanic a tool so that we can live this life and not just live a life on ourselves. He wants us to have this abundant life because his nature is to give. We are blessed to be a blessing. God bless you. We'll see you next week.